Welcome to episode 20 of All Car Radio, the UK's most popular car leasing podcast. Um, so before we start into um, the topic of the actual episode, which is uh, we're going to take a look at some things that are illegal, but you may not be aware of it because this is some of them are so trivial. Um, I just wanted to take the opportunity to announce that we've got our Black Friday deal started. Well, it started yesterday, uh, but I was on annual leave, so I couldn't record the podcast. Um, <clears throat> pretty much, because we've announced it today, and obviously Black Friday is next week. Uh, the reason we've done it so early is because, uh, obviously, signing up for a lease isn't something that you just walk into a shop and buy that day. We wanted to make sure that we give the customers enough time to be able to actually pay, take up on the offer because there's a lot of things that you've got to do before you obviously get a lease, which is uh, get a quote, um, send the application form, be approved for credit and all the rest of it. And some of that can take maybe a week, a couple of weeks. So essentially, this is the perfect time to get uh, the Black Friday deal on. Anyway, so the details of the Black Friday deal is <clears throat> if you, um, the customer, uh, get their uh, finance application to us between now and um, what's the date? The second of December. Then you will have to pay no processing fee, which is worth two hundred and fifty pounds, which is a huge saving if you ask me. And obviously, that kind of money would be extremely useful for pra practically everyone during the Christmas period. So, if you are looking for a car. Uh, then the next couple of weeks with local leasing is the best place to do it and you'll be saving yourself an absolute small fortune. So just to remind everyone, it is live now and the uh, to, to qualify for it, all we need is your uh, finance application. So it's not on inquiry. Um, it's once you've got your quote <clears throat> from your account manager, they send you an application form. If we receive that application form back by the deadline of the 2nd of December, then you will have no processing fee to pay and that includes every single lease deal on the website so be sure to, to well to take advantage of it that's all we can say um, so thanks very much um, but we move on now to the main feature which is uh, driving offences that you may not know that are illegal so with me today is my co-pilot Chris hello back again and on this blog explores an endless list of driving offences that you may or may not have known will actually illegal you may consider yourself a goody two-shoes when it comes to driving on the road thinking that you do nothing wrong. Well, you might actually be breaking the law on the daily. Check out the official highway cover rules and regulations on the road if you want any more details. And this article was written by producer Ross, isn't that right? It was indeed. Uh, but it's going to be me and Chris going through it while Ross does all the editing and, and the other magic, mm. pretty much. So, obviously, we're going to start by just declaring that this is a blog post that's got its tongue firmly in its cheek. It's not really to be taken any seriously. A lot of them are pretty obvious that you may already know, but we think that some of them are a little bit trivial and worth yeah. going through. So we may as well just go in the order that the blog post was written. The first one's quite relevant, possibly in the coming months, which is a driving with snur on roof. Um, and obviously I think most people know, well, most people should, I think most people do know this, but they do it anyway. Yeah, I think they reckon it's just going to melt by. The time they're out of school moving traffic in the morning. Yeah, or if it's particularly fluffy and it's not going to cause any damage. Yeah. But um, I'm not sure if we've linked uh, the YouTube video into the blog or not, but there's one... That nasty video of that like, layer of ice. Yeah, and it cracks, cracks the screen yeah. uh, wide open. But anyway, driving with pretty much any snow on your roof is, is illegal. And, you know, if you do pass a police officer who is particularly in a bad mood or there's nothing going on at that time, they could well put you on the side of the road and give you an on-spot on fine and to point on your licence. So if it has been snowing and it's on your car roof, just scrape it off before you go. Don't take a chance. Uh, a second one is, I think, a bit obvious, uh, but overtaking a pedestrian crossway is, uh, is illegal and completely dangerous. And do you know what? I have seen it happen. Uh, but I don't think this is one of those that's completely surprising. Mm. Um, the next one, I think, happens more often um, than you may think, actually. And that's people who are towing driving faster than they should be. Um, the max maximum speed that a car with a trailer can be driven is six miles per 60 miles per hour on motorways uh, and deal carriages and 50 miles an hour on A roads. And I have seen them often do faster than that. Um, especially when they've got a bigger car on the front and maybe the um, 
with a toe on the back isn't monstrous. Yeah. But I've seen them go 70. You'll see them overtake HGVs and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you want to take the next one? Yeah. So the next one is driving down the pavement unless you're turning into a driveway. I see this quite a lot, actually, because the congestion's quite bad getting onto the main road. Yeah. So everyone's coming to turn right. People will just drive up the curb on the left. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are quite guilty of this one, actually. But to skip traffic and cut corners, it, it's really unsafe. Uh, it should all really be done if you turn into a driveway. Sometimes when waiting for traffic lights to change, where a left turn may be on a green light and you're stuck behind a traffic light going forward, you may see some more cars drive over the pavement to cut around the corner. Yeah. Um, when you really should wait the extra minute or so. <coughs> Um, by going around the pavement, you're not only breaking the law though, you're uh, also putting pedestrians in danger and in a position of scratching or damaging your car by hitting the curb. Do you know what, um, the, the thing that about this is more, most relevant to me recently, I've just uh, recently moved house, but <clears throat> my previous address was um, there wasn't enough room for cars to be parked on the road on both sides. In fact, you, only one car could. Um, so you had to pretty much park on the pavement to allow enough space for cars to go down that road. So you're breaking the law by parking on the pavement at all. Um, but you're making sure that you're allowing enough space for emergency service to go down the road. So what do you, what is the highway code expecting you to do in that case? Because I think the answer, the Jobsworth's answer would be, don't park on the pavement at all, park no. somewhere else. There is nowhere else to park. Yeah. So you, must, you, you have to break the law Oh, I was... And then, that's... Then pram users can't really get past either. So it's like, how, who wins? Exactly. And I think this is one of those things that people will be doing because it's common sense to park on the pavement, but you're actually breaking the law by using common sense in my, in my eyes. Mm. And, do you know, we should have sent an email out to, to the Highway Code about this exact point. And I should have taken the picture of my road. Um, what you, you, There's nothing you can do. You've got to park on the pavement to give enough space, but you're breaking the law. There's nowhere else that you can park your car. No. Um, Silly, yeah. So I think this is the first one that we've mentioned so far that it's a bit like, oh, yeah, but I, did, I didn't know parking on the pavement. You know, half and half. half, Half's on the road, half's on the pavement. So prams can get past on the pavement, cars can get past on the road. To me, that's common sense. Yeah. But that actually, according to the highway code, is breaking the law. It's the same one reason, which is like... It's unsafe towards pedestrians. Yeah. And obviously we have, obviously, uh, our listener questions in uh, later after this feature. So for the, for the next week, we'd love to have some exam uh, some questions or maybe some examples of, of what should, people should be doing on this subject. So if you if you experience parking on the pavement um, on a daily, and you, you may do it yourself because you feel like you have to, please let us know. Uh, what the situation is on your road and what you think about the highway code or not are we are we wrong on this maybe because we've read the highway code and I'm going to repeat it because I think you've just read it there um, rule 244 of the highway code states that you must not pack fully or even partly on the pavement unless road signs permit it and this goes on driving on the pavement um, in London it's an offence to pack on the pavement full stop so do you live on a road uh, that you've almost got no chance to do it and do you just do it anyway? Did you know it was illegal? Now that you know it's illegal, are you going to change it or not? Does common sense prevail in this case? Does common sense override the highway code? Let us know. Um, okay, so next one. Uh, using the horn at, at all between the hours of 7am and 11.30pm in a built-up area is illegal. It's not just that it's an annoyance. It's a, It contravenes the highway code. Well, it's overnight, isn't it, that one? So, yeah, but 7, 8 and, and 11.30pm, so it's quite late at night. Mm. So regularly, um, taxi drivers are bad for this. They will arrive to pick someone up at 8pm. They'll beat their horn, sort of ringing them. Yeah. Honestly, why don't they just ring them? They've got their number. But also, my I've got a one-year-old. He goes to bed at half seven. Um, so thanks for waking waking him up. Mm. But do people, who uses their horn between those hours? Do they know it's illegal? Um, and what, is, what do you think about that? It's just, it's, uh, it's something I worthy, isn't it, really? Making loads of noise in built-up areas in general. We spoke about that in one of our previous podcasts. Um, but I think people would do it on the likes of the motorway and things like that. So even though it's illegal between that time, you'd only be on the edge of a built-up area. Or a roundabout or a busy junction where yeah. things could happen. Yeah. But in a busy area, I can't think of any reason why someone would need to use the horn 
but anyway, using the horn between 7am and 11.30 is illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, driving at more than 50 miles an hour in a van on a single carriageway road is probably the most... <laughs> this is the law that gets broken the most in the world, probably, isn't it? Van driver speeding. Yeah, yeah. You, you wouldn't... Well, anyway, speed limits for vans. Yeah. Built-up area, 30 miles an hour. 50 miles an hour, single carriageway. 60 miles an hour, deal carriageway. Well, that, that's the one that gets broken the most. Yeah. 70 miles an hour on a motorway, that's fine. Mm. But 60 miles an hour on a deal carriageway. Um, and 50, mile, uh, 50 miles an hour on a single carriageway is illegal for a van. And trucks as well. So, you know, those one uh, pickups and stuff like that. Mm. So, I think that this is a surprising one. Um, because I think if you're a van driver, you think, well, you know, my, my van's empty. It's, you know, when the van's empty, it's pretty much just a just car. A, yeah. Um, <clears throat> same size as any crossover, but you're going to have to speak to the highway code if you want that rule to be changed. Yeah. But if you see a van driver speeding, uh, going to those speeds in those roads, they are breaking the law. And you never know, like I mentioned earlier with some of the other laws, if you happen to do it past uh, a police officer who's in a bad mood, nothing's going on. It may sting you. Mm. Uh, what's next? Uh, so we've got eating or drinking whilst driving, which uh, I actually didn't know that eating wasn't uh, legal, but I know that drinking, well, certainly alcohol, is very legal, but no, I, I suppose in the angle of it distracting you, I get that. <laughs> what producer Ross has done here is he is absolutely spot on, um, but the reason why it's illegal isn't specifically the food, it's because you're taking... Uh, hands off the wheel. Just the distraction. It's not the act- yeah. yeah. You've got to keep both hands on the wheel, and you couldn't possibly eat and keep both hands on the wheel mm. unless you were to be clever uh, and somehow pack up, um, put the handbrake on, put the food in your mouth, turn the car engine back on, chew while you drive. That would be illegal. But yeah, eating or drinking uh, t- takes takes is a distraction. No one's going to get you for it because obviously Costa uh, on the road and other hot beverage, uh, beverages are yeah, available, yeah. obviously. Or a flask in the morning. Uh, but yeah, but yeah it, this is a jobs worth uh, one for me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is illegal. I can see why it's illegal, but, you know, within reason and using common sense, you're not going to get stung. I think you would only get stung if something happened as a result. How you did something dangerous. Yeah. Uh, the next point is a crossover point because we've recently covered it and I think we... Did it in a podcast, Puddle Trouble. Do we do it on a podcast or did we just do it as a blog? We definitely did it as a blog. Anyway, so splashing a pedestrian with rainwater is illegal. Um, and yeah, there's no two ways about it. Especially with the rain we've had recently. Um, if you were to splash a pedestrian with your car, you are committing a fine. If they somehow record that or dash cam footage sees you do that, you can be stung. It's a weird one, that, because a lot of kids will sometimes like go to you and say, oh, splash us, splash us. But then you get fined for it. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's quite a severe fine um, in in some cases, um, and you can get up to five thousand points and nine points on your license. Splashing some people, it seems a little bit like fun, but put put yourself in the in the shoes of said pedestrian who gets splashed on their way to work in their glad rags, uh, and you splash them in the morning. They. They will have to either carry on going to work and they are in soaked clothes for the rest of the day or they will have to um, go home and get it changed and risk getting some kind of disciplinary at work. Worse yet example, in Puddle Trouble, the article we wrote, was you splash a mother pushing a pram and you splash that pram um, and, and splash the baby, the children and all the rest of it. Because remember, this is murky water. What yeah, if they yeah, swallow yeah, it? Also, they could, yeah. you know, it could make them ill and stuff like that. So yeah, it, although some of the ones that we've mentioned so far are a bit jobs worthy, I think this one isn't. You shouldn't be splashing people. And if you do get a fan, fine for doing it because you've not taken enough care to to avoid the puddles, then I think you deserve the fine. Yeah. Personally, if you do it deliberately, I think you should be punished even even more. It's just unnecessary and ridiculous. There are areas where you can't avoid it, though. But that's not due to road use. It's just poor, poorly made roads. But you can still slow down yeah. so that it limits the, the splashing. Yeah, our buses, they're quite bad for us as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next one, Chris, if you want to cover this. Yeah, so paying with your phone at a drive-thru. Now, it's another jobs-worthy one, I think. Yeah. But uh, 
Not long ago, we did a survey called Bump and Ride, which uh, looks into the implications of paying with your phone at a fast food drive-thru. And the study concluded that if you went for a McDonald's, it could actually cost you more if you bumped your vehicle, or more than, sorry, if you bumped your vehicle, in the form of a fine. So if you were caught, you'd be stung by the wall. And uh, it's it's um, going back to using your phone while the engine's on. Yeah. So you're not allowed to use your phone while driving. And you're taking a hand off the wheel as well. Yeah. So if you're hanging out the window with your phone, obviously you're not technically in control of the car, and you're on your phone. But... It's jobs worthy, isn't it? Because the car's definitely jobs worthy. Car yeah. stationary. Because how's a, how's how's a police officer going to be even there yeah, anyway? Exactly. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, next one is the one that is only a recent law that you can actually be fined, but hogging the middle lane is yeah, illegal. Very common. Law. And if you are seen to just be idling and and you know in the middle lane where you could be in the left lane, you could be fined. Uh, if you wonder, oh, what code is that in the highway code? Two six four. Um, one that is tricky. One this. The next one is sleeping while drunk in your car. So if in your head you're thinking to yourself, "I've been drinking. I'm not going to drive. I'm going to do the right thing. I'll just sleep in my car." I think in your head you're thinking you're you're doing what's right, but actually being in your car intoxicated, according to Section Four of the Road Traffic Act, you should be there. Here's one for you. What if you were drunk in your caravan? Is that illegal? What do you reckon? Um, oh, very, very grey area, that isn't it? Producer Ross is going to have to research this yeah. afterwards, but I think I think that would be right. And I think the way you'd get out of it, Chris, is detach the caravan from the car, mm. so it's no longer a, a, a motor vehicle; it's yeah. stationary. But I think that would be fine because it's not a motor vehicle, in my opinion. Mm. Um, oh, that's a tricky one. I think not, but possibly we don't want to be on record on this. Yeah, that's true. Very, very grey area, that one. Yeah, having a dirty number plate is also illegal because, well, you know, road traffic cameras won't be able to read it. Police maybe won't be able to read it. I think people are getting lazier as well. Throughout the winter, they don't want to clean their car as much because it's freezing outside. Yeah. So it just get, you know, gets more and more dirt. Our um, advice on having a dirty number plate is if you can't be bothered to clean the car, just, just, just get a cloth. Just do the like number plate so that cameras and police officers can read it. Because if you if it's dirty and you know that it's dirty, you're almost not aiding police in their investigations or potential investigations yeah. on on you. And it's almost like it's you're hiding something. Yeah, you'll get seriously done for that. It's it's the equivalent of taking the license plate off, off the car yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. So just clean the number plate if it is dirty this winter, even if you can't be bothered to clean the rest of it. Speaking on the topic of clearing, next one is not clearing your windscreen fully. Uh, and this is one that, do you know, I've, I've broken this a couple of times. So what I do is I'll get rid of the snow um, and then you get misty. Yeah. So, and that, that does count as being illegal as well. So if you've got the snow off uh, and now it's a little bit misty, you know you get like a... The snow's off, but you can't, you can... It's the fog you just can't get rid of. Even with the air on, it takes a bit of time. Yeah, it? you need to give it the time to be cleared mm. completely. So rule 229 of the Highway Code states that all of your windows need clearing, the mirrors are clear, and the windows are demisted thoroughly. Um, and that's three points on your licence and £60 fine if you're caught doing that. But if you haven't demisted it completely and you turn out of your drive and you go on the road and you have a crash... And it's it's seen that you have crashed and your windows are demisted. Your car insurance are not are probably not going to pay out because you're contravening the highway code and you you are at fault because it's proven to be um, that you've couldn't see yeah, you've you couldn't see at all. Yeah, that was the that's what caused the light wackers. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. Wait, wait. Uh, the next one I think most people know. Um, is under, uh, but, but I think people may not have known it's illegal, but definitely know that it was frowned upon. It's undertaking. Mm. So if you, if you relate this to the people in the middle lane hogging, and you don't want to go into the fast lane, but you don't want to go 60 in the middle lane yeah. behind the guy hogging it, shouldn't be over undertaking. You should be overtaking them. Let's say if someone's doing, God forbid, 50 in the middle lane. I've seen that happen. You wouldn't, And you're in the left lane. You've got to do more than 50. Most yeah. people sit in the left lane just doing 57. Because yeah. like most uh, 
efficiently. Yeah. It's a bit jobsworthy, this, mm. I think, in this scenario that you've just explained. You're on the left lane going 60-70, as you should. Mid lane's going 50. You're approaching them. What do you do? Yeah. If you carry on going the speed you're going, you're going to undertake them and break the law. I mean, from a jobsworth's point of view, you should be going into the mid lane and then, then going into the fast lane. Yeah, and you do see it. Like going all the way around, but then it looks like you're making a point of it or doing something in anger. But while you are following the rules, it's still going to aggravate the person yeah. in the middle lane, or it'll get them to move over to the left lane because they'll notice. Uh, yeah, I mean, you should probably just try to make them aware of what they're doing, but you can't flash them. Exactly, yeah. That's, that's not what happens, though. They do flash. Um, you should, the only thing I can think of is using your horn, mm. um, or while you are overtaking them, see if you can get eye contact, but then you're taking your eyes off the road. Yeah. Basically, you've got to let them get on with it and just, just concentrate on yourself. Follow the rules and let them get fined. Yeah. Chris, what's next? Uh, taking prescription drugs for driving. Um, I think this one is semi-obvious because a lot of drugs have like hidden side effects. Drowsiness. Yeah, drowsiness is a big one. It's a big one, yeah. Uh, so obviously like a lot of painkillers, but I suppose if you're in sort of pain that would affect you while driving, you shouldn't drive anyway. Um, but it's not as simple as that always. So... When you prescribe drugs for medical conditions, it's of paramount importance to sort of inform the DVI as soon as you know, because it could impair your ability to drive. Yep. From there, they'll have a say on whether you're actually eligible to carry on driving with your prescriptions or not. Certain medications can alter things like your reactions, as you mentioned, drowsiness. Um, some examples of legal prescription drugs where you have to declare them are diazepam, lorazepam, I hope I said that right, and methadone, yep. morphine, and temazepam. Yep. If you're thought to be drug driving and can't doing so, you can face a fine, a license ban, and even prison time if it's dangerous. Um, not only put your own life at risk, but others as well. Not only that, but I mentioned insurance earlier. If um, if you've taken prescription drugs before driving and you've unfortunately had an accident, mm. right, that may or may not have been your fault, and it's seen that you are taking prescription drugs the opposing side to, to the collision will have a field day with that yeah. because they'll instantly have an excuse to say, it was my fault, the other person was on prescription drugs, made them drowsy, they made a mistake, they crashed into me. Mm-hmm. And do you know what? It doesn't matter how much you argue, you say, oh, no, no, they were definitely them. Yeah. Well, you, you're not following the highway code for a start. Um, so don't give anyone the excuse um, just don't do it. I think people will just be on autopilot and forget that kind of thing. Yeah, some pr- prescription drugs really do make you really drowsy, um, and it relates to that like if you're tired, you should be shouldn't be driving either. And if you're if the drugs are making you drowsy or you're tired because you've been driving all day, it's the same thing really. You, isn't you it? might say though, like obviously people on things like uh, maybe diazepam, they'll be used to it after a while. Maybe don't get as drowsy, but then you say okay, I built up a tolerance, but no, why take the risk? They're just gonna say these drugs are in your system, and this happened. Yeah. Yeah, link the two together. Uh, crawling is uh, also uh, illegal. So those drivers who are lackadaisical on the motorway and enjoy going at a slow pace in the left-hand lane could see themselves being prosecuted by the law. And you may think to yourself, surely those cars were speeding are more dangerous to the drivers. But no, it is in fact the opposite. The standard speed you should be travelling on the motorway should be between 60 and 70, which will also allow other people around you to overtake safely, not undertake though, Coming behind someone doing below that will cause you to have to brake, which in turn couldn't be dangerous for other drivers and could cause a chain reaction, especially when there's congestion, low visibility, some weather effects and all the rest of it. The only vehicles who should be going slower would be vans, which we mentioned earlier, trucks, cars who are towing, uh, hopefully, which have capped speed limiters, which I don't know if all of them do. If you feel unsafe going so fast on the motorway, then be sure to take alternative routes. And do you know what? You see that all the time, and I'm not being ageist, but it, old people do it a lot, and yeah. people have just recently passed, thinking, I'm just going to take it easy, not go too fast. But if that's your attitude, I think you should stay off the motorway, because people going slow can also cause congestion. It's vitally important, especially on busy motorways, that people go between 60 and 70 safely. Any less and any more is dangerous. Mm. As soon as one person starts doing it, there's a chain reaction then all of a sudden people who want to go 60 on the left then have to go in the middle lane. And then people in the middle lane who want to go 70 go in the right-hand lane. Well, yeah, but you end up just with mass overtaking yeah. and congestion. Uh, so anyway, going slowly is illegal on the road. Uh, Chris? So the next one is leaving a car parked with the engine running. 
Um, this is mainly to do with that pollution, things like that. But if you find yourself parked on a high street and you just want to get out, uh, you know, have a quick stretch or fetch something, if you leave the engine running, like, uh, for example, you might even just be defrosting your car. You know, when it def- uh, defrost and uh, yeah. go back inside, have a cup of tea or something. No, it's illegal. Highway code states you must not leave a parked vehicle unattended with the engine running or leave a vehicle or engine running unnecessarily while that vehicle is stationary on a public road. By disregarding this rule, you can end up with a fine of £20, which isn't as much as compared to the rest of them, but still illegal nonetheless, yeah. uh, issued by a traffic warden or under the... Oh, uh, sorry, the Act is under the Road Traffic Vehicle Emissions Regulations of 2002. Which does make sense. I think in, in the likes of London, it's probably going to be a big one. Everyone's defrosting the car in a very sort of smoggy city. Throwing absolutely anything out the window is illegal. And even if it's like, if you think to yourself, you're passing through a forest and throw some fruit out, that will obviously degrade into the forest. No, still illegal. Everything at all being thrown out the window is illegal. Uh, that's an easy rule to follow, though, isn't it? That you can't go wrong. Yeah, so anything, don't throw anything out the window. In general. Next one is phone usage, but I think everyone knows that. But really, phone usage of any kind whatsoever by the driver is illegal. So it's not just like, oh, if you're fucking to change song... Don't you know, touch your phone. Yeah. Um, let, letting animals out of the car well, on the hard shoulder. You may think to yourself, if you're on a long journey, and you're just letting them out on the hard shoulder for a waz. Uh, that is illegal because um, that's just not what the hard shoulders for. You need to stop at some very appropriate, uh, like a proper lay-by or something like that, but not the hard shoulder. Next one is the same thing. Misusing the hard shoulder. The hard shoulder should only be used for emergencies. Um, an emergency isn't needing an emergency whilst because you're in traffic. An emergency is something like a medical one or, or something like that. Yeah, you can't just stop with your hazards on just to get some out of the boot, like your coat or something like that or... Yeah. If you're changing your tyre, fair enough. Tell you what, here's one to slide in there. I don't know if it's been mentioned, but if you run out of fuel on the motorway, you can get done for, um, I think it's due care and attention. Which, because you should have made sure that you had enough fuel. Exactly, yeah. But if you're in major traffic jams like ours overnight, uh, you know, outside two and a half hours worth of traffic, you can't prepare for that really because fuel usage goes right down and you just don't know. Like leaving the engine just ticking for two and a half hours to use <clears> as much fuel as. You know, driving to the shops mm. and back. So, sorry, back on track. So the next one is using your mobile phone as a sat nav without it being in a holder. So I think this goes back to the other one. If you just get seen on your mobile phone in your hand, the police, that's all the police are going to see. Say, no, nope, you're on your phone. You're going to get fined. Yeah. <clears throat> so make sure if you are wanting to use your car as a sat nav, put it in a holder because you're using your phone. Yeah. And obviously, if, if you did get, do get stuff being on your phone, you say, oh, I was using a sat nav. You've still got no to send that. Yeah, it is just the one rule of you're using your phone, that's it. Because everyone would use use the excuse of, oh, I'm just on my sat nav, oh, I'm just changing song. So something dead, light hearted, and non distracting. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't texting, I wasn't on the phone. It's just not going to fly. Otherwise, everyone would say it as an excuse. A law that I think catches a lot of parents out because it's quite strict, and you may think that your child has grown up and doesn't need a booster seat anymore, is uh, in the law in regards to using car child safety seats. And it is uh, a law that's Subjects have changed quite frequently, uh, but the UK government deems that a car seat must be installed in the car if a child is younger than 11 years old or smaller than 1.35 metres in height. And that's actually quite a big child. Uh, However, you must install it properly and in the right place as it's illegal to put a rear-facing baby seat in the front of the vehicle. And if there's an emergency airbag due to how dangerous it is, so make sure to turn that off. Many parents tend to offer Isofix cars, <clears throat> which means that they can only be fit one way. So this is more for people who don't have the Isofix ones. Failure to comply with these rules may get you a £100 fixed penalty notice uh, or even a visit to the court, especially if there's an injury involved. So if you're carpooling with children that aren't yours um, and something's happened because it seems that you've used the wrong car seat, I wouldn't be like wouldn't be want, want to be you. Don't take the chance. I think this might be common for parents that have never been in any sort of accident like that. Certainly not one where the airbags have had to gone off because it's very dangerous for a child. Like airbags are like little grenades essentially. Yeah, going and they're, they're quite forceful and obviously babies are um, strong. Yeah. Um, going off-road in any sense uh, of the word is illegal. So for those with fancy crossovers, 4x4s, uh, who want to take it off-road, 
then according to Section 34 of the Road Traffic Act 88, it is illegal to drive or ride a mechanically propelled vehicle without lawful authority on common land, moorland, or land not forming part of a road or any road which is a footpath, bridleway, or restricted byway. Basically, even if your car is and can go off-road, it is illegal to do so without um, permission. Which is a bit surprising, I thought, but actually it protects the environment, if, if anything. It stops people from getting into situations that they will struggle to get out of. Yeah, it's true. And if you think about it, a lot of places where you would go down a sort of dirt track to get to or off-road, probably be private land anyway. Yeah. Certainly farmlands, privately owned, um, stately homes, things like that, all private. Yeah. What's next? So next is smoking in the car. So smoking and driving is something which causes a lot of controversy as the law is quite confusing or certainly seems to be. So somebody who smoking a cigarette while driving should be illegal because both hands aren't on the wheel and there have been cases where drivers have tried to flick the cigarette outside of the window. Which you shouldn't be doing anyway. Know, exactly. And I've had that done to me the other night and it vexed me to no end. Um, so you just be like doing it in someone's house in my opinion. But anyway. <laughs> uh, so having both hands on the wheel is part of um, the highway code, but there have been cases where drivers tried to flick the cigarette outside the window and pushed it back by the wind, back into another car, or back into their own car, which is where the I've had that done is, to yeah. me back when I was a smoker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ten years ago, maybe, something like that, it came back in, burnt me Brazil t-shirt. Your back window, or in your front window? Front window. Wow. It came back in, uh, just behind my back, and it was burnt. I had to, I had to stop, and I had to use, <clears throat> believe it or not, I had to use the hard shoulder illegally. Oh. So was breaking two laws there. A medical emergency, technically. Uh, well, no, it wasn't a medical emergency. Well, it was a fire. Yeah, I suppose it was an emergency. Uh, yeah. So I would have only just got the fan for the smoking then. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. <coughs> so, yeah. So the act of smoking is not illegal itself. It's just the aspect of smoking in the car which is illegal. So you can't smoke in a car with anybody under the age of eighteen, whether you're the driver or mm, not. Yeah. Doing so can land you a fine of fifty pounds. Even if they give you permission to do it. So say you want to spark up a bifter and everyone in the car is like, yeah, yeah, go for it, mate, that's fine. It's still illegal. Yeah. Um, this would be quite common for like college kids. Um, say one of your mates just, just turned 18 and passed the test. You've got a couple of 17-year-olds in the back of the car. There's a lot of kids in college do smoke quite early. So do you know what? <clears throat> Give me another... Uh, cars still come with smoking packs. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Hmm, interesting. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> not telling the DVLA about changes to your details is illegal. Um, I think that makes sense, though, because if you do, if DVLA, DVLA no longer know where you live, then they can't send you these fines for all these crimes exactly, that you've been doing. Yeah. So that does make sense. Um, and if you think about it, if you lose your license, you can't if you just post them and they'll end up back to you. But if the address is wrong, it's not going to come back to you. Here's one that I've got an opinion on that probably some people don't like. Uh, some people will agree with, but it's controversial. Mm. So, the next thing that's illegal, now you may not have known, but I think it's pretty obvious, is flashing headlights to tell other people that they're about to pass a speeding trap. Now, some people do that think that I think they think they're doing a public service, but what I but what they are essentially doing is don't speed and break the law because you're going to be caught, when what people should be saying is you shouldn't be speeding in the first place, therefore you've got nothing to worry about being yeah. about a speeding trap. That's very true. So I think that is definitely something that should be made illegal. You're essentially stopping the police from being able to catch criminals. And if imagine if you flip this on its head and you were flashing people who were carrying drugs to tell them there's a drug stop coming around the corner. Mm. Surely yeah. the way that we should be thinking is, no, don't flash him. If he's got drugs, he should yeah. be prosecuted Let and fined get caught going out to court. Yeah. yeah, the best way for people to stop being caught by the police for speeding is to not speed in the first place. So I completely agree with that. But I think there are a lot of people who'll be thinking that they are doing a public service. In my opinion, and it's my opinion, not the views of all car leasing, don't flash people to tell them about speeding traps. Mm. If they are speeding, they should be caught speeding. Speeding laws are there to save lives, not to make people late for work. That's I, not what they're designed for. I think a lot of this happens on carriageways. My mate had this actually done to him the other night. He was driving around uh, Traffic Park, and um, he wondered why someone in the oncoming lane was just flashing relentlessly at him. And then two minutes later, he passed a, a speed trap yeah. van. Uh, obviously, the vans move all over the place, so you know the reason is to 
make an unaware motorist get caught out. But if you uh, if you have a lot of speeding in, say, your local town, certainly where I live, a lot of the, like, the residents will complain on the Facebook group page saying, oh, I'm speeding down this bloody road. And then as soon as the speed trap turns up and people start getting caught out, there's always someone who complains, oh, bad, careful everyone's the speed trap on this lane. Mm-hmm. But what's the point? If you want people to stop speeding, you stop moaning about it. You can let them get caught. Yeah, Chris, I'll let you do the next one because I think it's quite relevant to you and producer Ross right now. Oh yeah, because I've just got glasses. <laughs> so, uh, so driving without glasses, if you need them to drive. Uh, so for those of you who hate being caught wearing glasses in the car and required to wear them on your license, you could land yourself in some unexpected trouble. So the law requires you to have the ability to be able to see a number plate from 20 metres away and also meet a standard on the Snellen scale. If you are required to drive uh, and drive without glasses and are caught, you may receive a fine, be banned from the road, or in serious cases where a catastrophe may happen, one time behind bars. So, just for the record, I don't need glasses Put your gags on. They're just, uh, just me readers, maybe. No, they're just for screen use, pretty much, in concentration. <laughs> the next one, uh, first half is obvious, second half, maybe not so much. Driving without, without an MOT, obviously, is illegal because without an MOT, they're, uh, they're the Ministry of Transport have yeah. not deemed your car to be safe. Um, however, a common excuse that people have is they wait until the MOT is expired, then drive to get the MOT done. Don't do that. Mm. That is a myth. And if anything, oh, it's leasing myths that we've got. But if we were, do, we're going to do driving myths, that'll be in there. If your MOT is expired and you, you were within a week or something and you're driving to get your MOT done, no, that is illegal. The next one I'm going to whiz past because I think producer Ross has put this in by accident. Um, racing, believe it or not, is illegal. Call me surprised. But I don't think uh, people need to be told that. But thanks anyway, Ross. Your job's worth. Um, but anyway, uh, related to that, um, if you uh, if you are into racing, um, Chris has recently uh, written an article on the best racing games of all time. If you're into racing. You can do it in real life, legally, unfortunately, but you can do it in the virtual world. So it's well worth having a look at that um, blog post. And I believe we've also done a podcast on that. Mm-hmm. My f- absolute favourite law that you may not have known, and th- this, I- I'm glad I've waited until almost the last to do this, um, is making a profit from giving someone a lift is illegal. So, <clears throat> in pr- uh, producer Ross's words... It is very common for drivers to ask for a little bit of fuel money here and there, and I have asked. Um, sometimes I pick up my brother-in-law from the train station or something like that. He gives me a bit of money, and um, but if I've made a profit, meaning that the journey would have taken less fuel than I've, the money I've taken, I'm breaking the law um, because I'm essentially I'm an unregistered taxi, taxi. Yeah. Um, and this is quite common for people who have first started driving because. If you're in a group of friends, there's always that one who passes the first, and then he's the lift boy mm. or girl. Um, interestingly, money to cover petrol cost isn't illegal. However, if you were to charge over the odds from your friends, you could be perceived to be an unlicensed taxi driver, which could cost you a, a fine of 2500 and potentially even cancellation of your insurance. And if you are the first one, uh, one in your group of mates and you've got a fairly big car, uh, like producer Ross, actually, and, and you're giving people lifts quite regularly, those tenors, 20 quids, add up. Mm. And over the course of a month, you could be making 100 to 200 pounds well, if you're doing it quite regularly. That. If you're doing big, long journeys, like, say, from, like, oh, I don't know, Birmingham to Liverpool or something like that, it's a big journey. Even if you're with all your mates, and they give you, say, five, five each. Yeah. You don't know what the exact, obviously, costs are. Usually what people do is um, you would gauge how much would a taxi have cost for you as an individual, and you charge on an individual basis with maybe a t- tenor. If you're in producer Ross's car and you can fit in maybe four people and you're charging 40 quid for that journey, mm. you've made the same amount of money that the taxi driver would have actually have done. But from an individual passenger point of view, they've made a massive saving. Not only are you an unregistered taxi driver, but you're also not paying tax either. So the taxman would be quite interested in, in what you're doing. That's true. Um, and not to um, give too much away, but swearing at other drivers is illegal. So if you're Ronnie Pickering... Or Big Oaf. Uh, do you remember that video? Oh, in St. Helens. In, in, yeah. um, uh, in that um, 40 grand Arteon. Yeah. Uh, swearing at other drivers is illegal because it's, um, I don't know if he's written it here, it's 
um, not a driving license, it's um, a public disorder. Mm. It's a public disorder. So you can't swear at other drivers in the same sense that you can't swear at other people on the pavement. Mm. So it's not necessarily a driving one. It's it's just common sense. It's it's ASB, it's antisocial yeah. behaviour. Um, and flicking the visa of someone is offensive, and that's illegal. So uh, no one's going to sting you for it. If someone's genuinely cut you up and you're swearing at them, no one is going to find you um, for that. But but someone could if they were having a really bad day. Public order offences are very common as well. So it's not like the police aren't just going to do anything about it. So they probably will if they see you do something. Mm. What's next, Chris? Uh, so parking at night on the wrong side of the road. Uh, I didn't know this one was illegal. I just thought it was a bit like weird. Like why would you do that? But so road. Uh, sorry, no rule. Two hundred and forty-eight of the Highway Code states that you must not park on a road at night facing against the direction of traffic flow unless in a recognised parking space, that you must park in the same way as the direction of traffic at night if you're not parking in a parking space. So by not complying with this rule, the driver can land themselves a fine between £1,000 and £2,500. It's quite steep, to be fair, but isn't it the same as just being parked the other way around? I suppose it's only an issue when you come to drive off. I reckon taxi drivers might be guilty of this one. Uh, yeah, I think it's a bit of a jobsworthy one, but so easy to avoid. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, our last one here, because this is a bumper podcast, um, and this is one that I bet you nine times out of ten someone has done it at some point. You cannot park within ten meters. Is it ten meters? Yes, it is. Of a junction. So, and ten meters is actually quite a bit of a distance, and I see people parking on junctions. You shouldn't be parking anywhere near a junction because it impairs the ability for people to turn effectively mm. while still staying in their lane. If you're parking on a junction, you've essentially got to turn into the junction, into the opposite lane, and that's where the danger comes from. But the danger isn't caused by the driver who's forced to do that. It's by the car that's made him do that. And because you've abandoned the car there, pardon the train, because you've abandoned the car there with your license plate, you don't, you know, the police could sting you without you even knowing. Don't park anywhere near a junction because I, it's it's really selfish you're just going to damage to your own car to be fair yeah yeah um so it's not just a police officer that can sting you a parking officer could also sting you um so and you, you know how keen they are to get some money out of you so yeah that we didn't count them but that is quite a few of them and i think you know we started off with a few jobs worthy ones but there's some really interesting ones that are there that i think a lot of people may not realize so with that done, it's uh, it's our you know regular feature from now on. We got some question and answers from our listeners, and we've got Chris's red hot deals and right. Black Friday deals. In, to be fair, because every deal is a Black That's Friday true, deal, yeah, like um, and that is next. So thanks for listening to our feature. If you've got any questions or any new ones that we should add, or maybe corrections if we've got some wrong, please send us um, send them in, and we'll probably cover them on the next podcast, which may or may not be next week or the week after. We're starting to get a little bit messy with our schedules now with the holiday season and all the rest of it, but we'll try our best. Thanks for listening. So we're at the section now where I'm going to read some of the new vehicle reviews we've had recently since the last podcast. I'm going to start with the most recent by Jenny, who released an A5 Coupe 35 TFSI S-Tronic SI. And she said, I pushed my budget a bit this time around, and I'm glad I did. The A5 Coupe looks amazing on the outside, and tech bit in the dash is one of the easiest I've ever used. They're worried going from diesel to petrol, but the engine is quite economical and quite punchy when needed. Would really recommend this to anyone. Um, so good. So just just to add to that, we do quite often get people who have had diesels and they're a bit apprehensive going to petrols. But um, our website does have some third-party data on miles per gallon, uh, and obviously petrol is cheaper than diesel. And you'd be surprised how economical a petrol can be these days. Um, and obviously the Volkswagen Group Engine being one of the prime examples of where it's done right. Uh, our next comes from Carol Harding, who leased a GLA 200 AMG Line Edition 5 door auto. Um, Carol says that I was stuck on whether or not to go for the GLA because of its weird size and not being able to figure out if it was an SUV or a really tall and longer hatchback. Well, I bit the bullet and went for it, and thank God I did. It's a re- really practical size, looks pretty fancy, and has some really high tech which I'm still figuring out how to use properly in there. The GLA class being such a new model without any predecessors really is at the forefront of the technology because it doesn't have any like old tech inside. Chris Feather, he leased a Skoda Kodiak 1.5 SE. 
and he says it's an absolute beast of a car inside and out. I can't believe how nice it is to drive and how cheap I got it for. I find the Kodiak a lot more professional looking and smaller than the VW say Audi version. Really recommend this car. Great engine, great interior. And just to add that to that, I think that is a really good point that uh, Volkswagen say and Audi all do a crossover now and they do look quite distinctly different from each other. Um, the Seat going for the sporty, Audi going for well, Audi sport, sort of going for sporty as well. Uh, and Skoda, Skoda does go for more professional, sort of conservative-looking vehicles. Uh, our next review is on a hot hatch. Uh, Anonymous, obviously, we know their name, but they've decided they didn't want to show on the website, which is fine. Uh, Anonymous did say, such an underrated and fun car, and so lucky that it was on offer, as I've been able to, uh, been after one for years, but never on good offers. Puts the Focus ST to shame, quite frankly, in my opinion, but I will admit the interior is not as up-to-date as I would have liked. Just to add... That I was reading the review there, and it is uh, the anonymous reviewer's opinion, not ours, about the ST comment. But we appreciate uh, the honest feedback anyway. And lastly, we uh, have a review from Mohammed Mohammed, who reviewed the 3 Series Saloon 330i M Sport Auto. He said, The new 3 Series really is phenomenal, and there's no surprise that it's such a popular car. It's great for long commutes and especially for work with having to travel across the country. Also why I chose an automatic, the seats are comfortable and sporty and handles very well, whilst having a quite a mean engine. Um, so you can see all of our reviews over at All Star Reviews. If you're on desktop, it's right at the top uh, on mobile. I think it's in the navigation as well. Um, so these are reviews from people who are, are verified purchasers, um, who have reviewed their specific models, and you can see all of our reviews in one long list if you want to see them. If you are a customer of ours and you want to let anyone, everyone know about how, what you think of the car, please feel free to do so. Uh, we don't moderate any of the reviews, uh, as it obviously would take away from the integrity, um, but we will, the more the merrier um, to help you know, future purchases and people who are perhaps on a fence about a particular model. Um, and you can practically review every model here, even if you've got a previous version. For example, um, we have a couple of reviews on the on the now outgoing Fiesta that they reviewed the old one um, before the new one came along and so on. So even if you are a customer of us but you've had your car for a couple of years now, you can still re read your, uh, leave a review. And if anything, they are still just as relevant as they've ever been. Uh, but thanks everyone uh, for leaving us a review and we'll keep um, reading out a couple of the newest ones uh, with every episode moving forward. Uh, on to the next uh, part of our podcast now, which is the listener Q&A. First question comes from uh, Facebook from Ken, and he asks if we do part exchange, and the answer is yes. Um, we don't have a, like a configure on the website as of yet, um, so um, keep your eyes on, on for that. But if you give us a call, we'll take the basic details of your car, and we'll give you a trade price, which obviously is subject to individual vehicles. But if you did want to trade in uh, your car as a part exchange to help you with the initial payment, and that is something that we can definitely facilitate and we'll obviously take the edge off a bit of the initial payment. And if you back a part X alongside with the Black Friday deal, you can may find yourself uh, being able to take like a higher initial payment without a dock fee covered by the part X and it will feel like you haven't actually paid a deposit whatsoever. Um, so thanks very much for that question. Our next question is from Ben who asks if you can have a lease with a private registration. Uh, we already have a page for that question, but the answer is yes, you can have your private reg on a lease vehicle. Um, but it is not something that all car leasing or even the finance company supply as it is a DVLA issue. So all you'll need to do is once you've got the registration for your lease car, which you do tend to get before delivery so you can sort your insurance out, is to speak to the DVLA and then sort it that way. Um, so it's not something that we can do for you, unfortunately, because of Data Protection Act with the DVLA. But yes, you can have a private reg through the proper channels. So Mahadaji asks, why do you blog about random things? Um, I think the answer to that is we just like to talk about things that are interesting, really, rather than leasing. And plus, a lot of our posts get posted to social media. So we go for the more sort of engaging angle rather than informative, I suppose. Obviously, there's some in-betweens like this driving you know, driving more ones, but I think that's on the fence between engaging and actually quite interesting. Yeah, from the website's point of view, like the whole website's about leasing, the blog section's more for for people to come and unwind and read about different things and, and unwind. Yeah, and it, like, with like fashion brands and stuff like that, obviously it's just an example. If you go on any fashion brand social media, it's, it's all about like fun stuff, mm, rather yeah. than, oh, this dress has this thread count. 
you know, the technical. Yeah, we don't. <clears throat> we're not a corporate company, and I think our website and the podcast, as an extension, just reflects a non-corporate image. Mm. Pretty much it. But thanks very much for the question, Hadashi. Our last question is from, and I hope I pronounce this right, Pakoslav. Um, and he asks, we saw you in the papers the other day, um, and you mentioned uh, getting drunk over a Christmas dinner, and I find that a little bit ridiculous. Um, c- can you explain? And, uh, well, to be honest, it is obviously, it is a bit of tongue-in-cheek, and the article was made with, with fun. Yeah, um, it's a bit far out, because everything in the meal had alcohol in it. So obviously normally a Christmas turkey, I'm saying probably doesn't, but as part of a you know a beer-based Christmas turkey that does. And that yeah, I mean red wine was using the gravy, yeah, stuff like that. So it was a bit out there. And you have a drink with the meal as well. So. And it was the sequel to the one we did last Christmas, really. But we know that obviously people want to, they don't take some of the sort of articles in the papers seriously, and we know that if we have a bit of fun with this. You know, we may get a little bit of coverage, get into the paper, stuff like that. So that's all we've done. Technically, it's all factually correct. Yeah. If you looked at the menu and you were to eat that, you would technically be over the limit. Um, but we completely get that it, it is ridiculous. And not many people would eat a meal exactly with those sort of ingredients. Uh, but yeah, actually, we had a phone call as well, querying how someone could get drunk over Brussels sprouts. Uh, but we highlighted Brussels sprouts, which is one ingredient in a meal that also included the red wine gravy yeah. and the brandy, brandy-based chicken. So, so or not the sprout itself that has, is alcoholic. But that, I suppose that ties in with the question we had earlier about blogging about random things. It's like, it's a bit boring, isn't it, talking about lease this, lease that? Mm. Because we live and breathe leasing. If you come on the website and you have a... <clears throat> you, you can check our price straight away. That is already about the leasing. But if you go to our blog, we want you to get to know us as people, not as a product and that that's the goal with a blog post and stuff like that the thing is car finance is a very dry subject in general though so yeah and using various tools such as um analytics on the website traffic um obviously we've got um listener statistics through the podcast and we know that actually our most popular pages outside of the leasing deals are actually the ones that the articles that are a bit out there um, some of the podcasts that we've done about a bit corporate, should say, a bit, bit, bit stuffy, a bit about leasing, people don't want to listen to that as much as they do about some of the random stuff yeah. that we that we do. You don't get as wrong. There's, there's a place for them. Um, obviously, it's the leasing guys and stuff on the website rather than the blog post, which is a bit more informal. Yeah, the the most popular leasing related uh, blog post and podcast that we've ever done is actually leasing myths. Yeah, yeah. So not even about things that are real, but things that aren't. Um, so anyway, thanks very much, Pakoslav, uh, for that question. And I think, well, we, we do have a couple of more, but I think we're going to run out of time because we try to keep the podcast short and sweet. But what we do is we'll try and save them for the next one. So even if you do uh, have sent questions in and they've not been uh, discussed on air, don't worry, we still keep them and we will go through them towards the end. Anyway, that is <clears throat> the end of the normal podcast. Uh, as usual, I'm going to hand over now to my friend Chris, who's going to just run down some of the best deals that we've got that are also on the Black Friday deal. Yeah, the Black Friday special. So, as we mentioned, we've got a Black Friday special on at the moment, which is uh, absolutely no processing fee. So normally, if you're on a personal lease, you'd have to pay $239.99. So if you ended up going for a, sort of a no-deposit deal or um, even something like a 3+, plus, it's really not going to feel like you're paying much up front at all. So if you go for cars like, well, the ones I recommend are the Audi A5 Coupe. So we've got some 35 TFSI S-Line S-Tronics. Um, they start from 257 a month. Equally, we've also got a Nissan Leaf, which it's been a long time since I've seen one of these on a, a proper deal. But you, you can have a release from 229.82 a month. And then finally, we've got something simple. So a Volkswagen Golf 1.5 TSI Evo Match Edition for 196.79. If you scroll down to the show notes afterwards, I will leave links in the description so you can have it yourself and configure different terms, whether you want a high deposit or a low deposit. But the deal on the process fee is lasting until Cyber Monday, so I'd make sure to get all your documents sorted by then, because it's not just a point where you inquire, it's getting your finance application in. But thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. I'm not too sure when it's going to be uploaded, but soon. So I'll see you then.